Hi everyone, we're back again with another conversation um, with two really influential people in the toy, gaming, and play industry. Uh, I'm Venkat, I'm the co-founder at Luma World. I'm Sajid, I'm another co-founder at Luma World. Uh, and we have with us today Shraddha Jain and Shweta Chari, um, virtually, unfortunately, because of the times. And um, I'm going to leave it to them to introduce themselves, and then we can begin with this awesome talk. Really excited. Hey everyone, it's nice to be here. Uh, it's so weird when it's all digital because it's so hard to be yourself 100%. But uh, favorite topic, so it all makes sense. Uh, looking forward to this conversation and sharing the last 15, 16 years of amazing play stuff that we've done for our kids. Uh, looking forward to this conversation, guys. Hi everyone, I'm Shraddha. I'm the founder of Studio Clockworks. And uh, currently I teach game design at a design school in Bangalore in India. Uh, I've been in my play journey since last almost a decade now and it just started off with few simple grid games, traditional games and now I'm much into, I'm open about the digital and analog side of game sport. So we'll get to learn more about this in this talk. Thanks. I think uh, Shweta missed a small part in her introduction which is she runs uh, an NGO or a not-for-profit organization called toybank.org where they set up toy libraries in uh, all across India and even internationally, I think, which uh, empowers and enables children to get playtime, uh, especially in low socioeconomic uh, uh, places. I think both Shweta you, and Shraddha are quite modest about their introductions. Uh, Shraddha also teaches game design, which is amazing. Um, I mean, we had the opportunity of visiting uh, Shrishti School of uh, Design and it was it was a great experience talking about you know the real efforts that they're putting into nurturing a new set of gamers and game designers that was that was amazing too. All right so um, let's get started with the crux of this talk right and I'm going to put a question which I want both of you all to answer. Um, what is the role of play in society? I know this is a big one and uh, we'd rather start off with the big questions. What do you think is the role of play in our society and um, what are your experiences with it? Uh, Shweta? Um, okay. Play, I think, is, uh, I believe, it's not I think, I believe, I breathe it. I, I can't even tell you what play means to me. I think it solves everything. Uh, I'm one of those people that believes that <laughs> big world problems can be solved out through play. Um, our world is in a bad place uh, almost on every front today because I feel like kids are not growing up playing and people are not playing enough. And play is not incorporated, uh, incorporated in people's lives as a way of life. It's mm -hmm. always looked at as an after thing or uh, it probably doesn't even exist in the after. It's probably in the background somewhere, but it's not integrated in the way of our being. So, I mean, I, I believe in uh, a lot what Maria Montessori had said long ago, um, play is the work of the child. And if play is work, uh, then toys and games are their tools. Um, yeah. And it's kind of a way of um, bringing out the real you. For me, that's what play is. Totally. Uh, Shraddha, what about you? To respond to that question, what role does uh, play uh, have in our society. Uh, we all grow up playing and 
in indian cultural context i would say play is valued a lot more during our early formative years you would see grandparents letting you play playing with you playing uh, getting you resources which are useful for play but as you start growing older the focus in the indian system is such that all of a sudden studies take a lot more precedence than play so the reason like why gully cricket is not uh, celebrated as much when you reach your teen years or something so you have to struggle to buy that time back and that time that is when you lose that control over your wantingness to play all the time and this is me experiencing my own self my own journey in terms of play wasn't tabooed in our family as such uh, diwali time used to bring around a lot of play time for young kids and for elderly different forms of play etc but uh, as and how you know how the society is pressured with what your career is going to be what you're going to study studies are more important that play kind of that childhood is taken away and it's only at the age of 25 then that whole interest uh, rekindled again and i was like when did i ever stop playing like how did that happen it happens so seamlessly well that it almost seems staged you know like play will slowly be taken away from you you have to perform in the world that is outside there for you so i think uh, the role of play is now starting to emerge again in our current society where Uh, especially during this last uh, couple of months and more the awareness is more about what play brings to the development of a healthy soulful and a well rounded emotional being interesting shweta through toy bank you work with a lot of uh, kids from uh, lower socio economic backgrounds right how is play perceived over there and when they see the transformation then uh, you know like are they more are parents more uh, encouraging to allow children to go and play at toy bank or how is it well um there's a, this question actually broken into uh, time frames i'll have a different answer for that question every time uh, okay. so it's tough because uh, play for the lesser privileged children so toy banks ethos let me say this uh, first is it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men and women uh yes. this is a line very powerful line said by frederick douglass um and as it i mean as you see what it means um it's about building stronger a uh, well-rounded a uh, kind of empathetic uh young people for the world out there and play does that so the way we design our play programs at toy bank for our kids is entirely attending to uh the social emotional even the cognitive side of uh, things for the kids mm, it's yeah. tough to articulate and explain this to some of these uh, uh, parents of yeah. the lesser privileged children that we are working with because the yeah. priorities unfortunately are very different and yeah. play is a luxury uh, if they have extra money they'll probably go and buy food or a pair of shoes or an extra pair of clothes maybe it's very very different the priorities to contextualize this as early childhood mental well-being the relevance the significance of creating well-rounded young children and play molds them it's tough to explain to these parents so guess what we don't explain it we get okay. parents and teachers to get involved in the play sessions feel it walk yeah. through this in in like 5 minutes of play time you'll forget all your problems 
right? The yeah. kids, that's what they, our kids face. They're going through so much of trauma. Uh, and not everybody, I mean, forget about the lesser privilege, right? Even the affluent people don't talk about some of the mental health issues they're going through. It's always shoved under the carpet. No one wants to attend to what they're really grow, going through. And uh, they just fill it up, that fill that void or fill up that confusion with maybe more material things and maybe more crap that exists in the world and sort of do away with actually attending to the real problem. So how can we expect our lesser privileged children to be mindful and aware of what they're going through and actually talk about it? So we don't. We instead play. We have our, uh, our, our centers are actually called Play to Learn, Toy Bank Play to Learn centers. Okay. And we set up these a play to learn programs uh, of all kinds for our kids uh, where they just for those few hours get solidly distracted in a nice constructive way forget mm -hmm. about all their problems uh, it's you know put away somewhere and in that moment just for a blip they are allowed to be children again uh, allowed to be in their elements which is what play does and because yeah. it brings out the best in them, when they do go back into their real life, they are better able to tackle those problems. They are better able to see those problems, not as problems, but as how can I find solutions to these problems? They're better able to live their lives, actually. They're calmer beings. They're uh, more uh, uh, receptive. They ask more questions. So when parents see this in their kids, or when teachers are seeing that these children are learning to learn better, the confidence levels are going up and asking the, the right questions. Who's doing yeah. that? The power of yeah. play is doing that, right? There is no need for us to sit with a textbook and teach these things. Play is naturally bringing out these elements in the kids. Yeah. So I think the outcome is, I mean, to answer your question, Sajid, um, uh, uh, it's, it's happening because of, what we witness as an immediate outcome in the kids and, and therefore they want to come back to schools they want to learn more the fear of coming back to school isn't there it's not just about learning through textbooks and blackboard and grades and proving themselves that they're better than the other person it's just about having yeah. fun and being joyful that's that's truly beautiful. Shweta, I would also like you to tell us that example where uh, there were these kids who hated school, right? And they kept coming back just because they would get that one hour or two hours of play, right? Yes, that's been one of our greatest uh, uh, exciting points at uh, Toy Bank. Um, every time, basically, we work a lot with uh, low-income private schools, government schools, wherever there are kids, uh, shelter homes, government uh, uh, centers, uh, you know, daycare, shelter homes for kids. We've seen, especially in the schools, uh, you know, there was this thing on Saturdays, kids wouldn't come back. Uh, they mm. would bunk school, typically, or they, they would just uh, avoid school. Because this also happened in ma on many other days. And we also noticed that these kids were doing small odd jobs, maybe somewhere, to mm. uh, add uh, more, uh, uh, you know, maybe income uh, to the house houses. But on Saturday, suddenly we started seeing because once we set up a play to learn center in the premises of these government schools, uh, yeah. children would start coming back on Saturdays. So the teachers would come back and say, if they are not coming to uh, learn in the classrooms, at least they're coming back to schools and attending these play sessions, which we are able to now, you know, bring uh, to attention to these kids 
on okay you can also come to the classroom and study maybe for a bit and attend some of these sessions that we are con- conducting as a part of your curriculum but even the yeah. teachers have sort of cut that cuts some some slack on that front and even teachers get involved in the play sessions so mm-hmm. a lot of gender biases get broken a lot of uh, um, you know the happiness quotient goes up teachers get involved is generally an environment of super happy learning space so yes yeah. the uh, biggest success has actually been that the attrition um, or the dropout rate has decreased big time some of the places almost by 100% children just wow. come back to schools so that's been quite exciting wow. that's just that's to amazing. add to smita's point i think uh, the role that facilitators play with the resources right resources makes a hell lot of difference so it's not just about setting up these spaces where you have like right resources but also facilitating that play what teachers are not able to do even though all uh, government schools also have this uh, place called playroom but there's nobody who teaches you or like facilitates play and play something yeah. that is that cannot be taught the patience that probably shweta and her team members bring in the kind of uh, what enables children to pick up and play and throw and break and remake i think that yeah. bonding that brings out the best out of everyone is something that also places like what toy bank does also does across in different parts and there are lots of uh, other places where who have learned the teachers this is almost like training the teacher kind of a space where they right. learn by watching us also when we are in the field playing or volunteering or like using play as a tool to communicate with the uh, neighborhood etc yeah in fact um, it's interesting you brought that up because the first uh, thing uh, in the program we do actually is train the teachers uh, okay. if the facilitators and teachers are not bought into the cause of play and understand how to incorporate it in their in their own styles of teaching then uh, it's not going to integrate into the system uh, it's going to be one of those frivolous things ki uh, it is just play na so what's the big deal but we actually first get the teachers to sign up to get trained there are like two day three day sometimes power of play training sessions that toy bank team conducts uh with the yeah. government school teachers and everywhere once that is set then naturally after that step is when the we conduct mock play sessions where the teachers yeah. actually conduct these sessions with our kids and uh, and and then it kind of is an auto mode right because then it's not all the time that toy we are like 23 people in the team working with 56000 kids exactly. how the hell are we going to do this on and daily so the teachers are going to be able to facilitate this you know once they get a sense of it and probably that is how the program also becomes sustainable when you enable another community member with the right energy and the right tools and then you move on to the next community to the next community and that's how i think that whole trigger kind of takes place even in my case when studio clockwork goes to like for 6 weeks to nepal or to ladakh or to set up a library in a small community in kutch you play yeah. you leave things behind but you also involve some of the elders who are genuinely interested in learning about what you do so having just yeah. two or three key people within that community maybe not everyone would some would mock some would just like uh, dismiss what you do kind of a thing but even if there's one spark out there and yeah. that kind of just like enables everyone else to start believing in the power and then children also feel that uh, they have somebody within their community and then the language barrier also kind of Uh, gets taken care of so there are lots yeah. of things but yeah facilitating play with the right resources is bringing about the change 
Even with the government, I think with the success of the midday meal scheme, where you know we've heard about so many kids coming into school um, just because they get a meal, maybe they can start with something like afternoon gaming, so that you know kids are excited about going to school and don't perceive it as just being education. But you know they're doing so much more, and it, it, maybe some way that they can start to gain so so many more relevant skills that are required as as opposed to just you know road memorization or like textbook knowledge. Uh, prepare them for the real world you know like vocational training is something that's really big but can we actually get games and play to um, really get them skilled to do so much more for example like language or communication um, you know social skills um, so so many other things that are that are relevant like critical thinking just to be able to think out of the box or like uh, strategize you know just plan their way ahead um, and I feel um, even through all the talks that we have uh, with so many people, we say that as you know, as Indians, we are really, really good with um, technical skills, but we come out really poor with a lot of the soft skills, a lot of the innovation, a lot of out-of-box thinking. And uh, play can really change that. It can actually provide a medium for um, people of um, you know all all strata of society to emerge out and actually. Um, fulfill their dreams. It's it's a great way to really upskill them. I also feel what is yeah. the right balance, uh, sorry, just the right balance between games, educational games and games just for fun, which build all these yeah. other skills as well. So uh, yeah. while not, I don't think every game needs to be connected to mathematics or English word building yeah. or something else, what is the yes. right kind of balance within the school systems also that one should introduce these teachers too? Because parents for them, the buying point is, isse kya ko milega? what do you get to learn from this game? Yeah. Is it about fraction? Is it about this? Is it about addition? So at times you also need to advocate, we as people, we as community also need to advocate about the importance of uh, games which are, uh, uh, what do you call, devoid of any of these things. But there's yeah. so much more that that game kind of brings in. I think that goes beyond uh, a lot of I mean, that the, the beauty of play is that it's such a, it's like water, right? You can fit it into any container and it can solve our yeah. problems at all levels. And that's the yeah. beauty of play, right? I believe in this, like, I don't know. I feel like the first word I must have said when I was born was play <laughs> because I I literally like drink and sleep and think of this, this beautiful, magical tool of play. I think one of the key things that also... We are in COVID, it's a pandemic, the mental health situation, the world is, uh, it's uh, really down in the dumps at this point. Um, and one of the, you know, to give you some numbers and facts, um, do you know that the crimes against children in India have increased more than 500% in the last 10 years, right? Wow. And one in every five adults across the globe go to mental illness uh, and the depression levels is at an all-time high um, almost in India uh, the the percentage of young adults that are not in the best of mental health spaces versus the number of you know psych psychiatrists or mental health therapists that exist it's such a skewed number there's like it's the yeah. ratio is so scary there's, it's, yeah. there's a, there are hardly any number of counselors uh, to attend to the the volume of uh, problems that exist reason why i'm saying this is i mean to add to your point uh, venkat what you just said i think 
there has to be a policy level change. I don't think this is just now anymore. I mean, it's gone the days where we can think of play is great for learning. Of course it is. If we yeah. are behind in India, I feel. We are talking yeah. about things which are a little outdated, but chalo, we have to do it. Karte hai, yeah. Let's do it. But it goes beyond that because we are always playing catch up. A play yeah. attends to uh, so many aspects of the mental well-being of kids, right? When you talk about, I'll give you an example. This is um, research scientist and he's one of my favorites, um, Dr. Stuart Brown. And mm-hmm. he used to do, he was a pioneer in, uh, in the whole as- research of play. He mm-hmm. has done a ton of research on criminals. Like I'm talking about serious level murderers and criminals. So there was one very famous case in 1966 of a murderer named Charles Whitman. He was 49 years of age. Uh, and um, uh, I don't know what age he was, sorry, but he killed a lot of people. It's called the Texas murder and was a very famous murder. Um, uh, again, a guy who's very well trained, come out of, um, uh, I think he was in, in, the, in the Navy, very disciplined, blah, one fine day just goes up on this Texas tower, picks up his gun and shoots about, you know, scores of people at random, no reason. Traces yeah. back in the research and every research starts toward Dr. Stuart Brown goes back to the lack of play, the lack of play, the lack of play in early childhood. I mean, when anybody grows up, uh, in, in any child grows up in a space of violence, in a space of um, discrimination. And today we're talking about so masses of people uh, migrating, whatever the reasons are, uh, environment changing all the time for these kids. There's confusion and chaos in their entire childhood. So they say that, I mean, research has proved that as these kids grow up, the chances of them becoming violent themselves, because it's normalized, it's normalized in their early childhood. And even yeah. if you see in the current situation, some of the tools that people are using is what? Play. Play to yeah. make them come back to who they are supposed to be, children. So that yeah. the lesser, you know, as they become young adults, they don't normalize violence. And play yeah. sort of brings out these aspects of emoting or speaking out of being yourself. So I feel yeah. like it, it attends to... There has to be a policy level change. I mean, because play attends to so so many okay. levels of it's a solution for so many things. We are still yeah. talking about such basic levels, actually. And if yeah. anything, actually, uh, conceptualizing uh, games, making games as a way of our lives, play as a way of our lives as a being, it should be normalized. It's like you're talking about climate change. We've been seeing deterioration for what generations, right? Abhi kya hai? I mean, now we are talking about it like, oh my God, it's raining in October. Of course, I mean, we've been jacking up the environment for the last so many centuries and decades. It's the same case with with children and their mental health and well-being. Why, why are there more criminals and crap happening out there because they've just not been catered to at the right time with the right tools. So I think there has to be a policy level change across the world, especially in India. So the right to play is the policy level that probably one should be also talking about. There are other rights for children and women, but I think right to play is another uh, kind of, there should be an agenda right through and through and for across all economic stratas, definitely. So it's there, right? Right to play exists. Um, yes. uh, right to education always was there. There's been yeah. so many people. I, every person in, in our country 
you tell him about right to education rte sabko pata everybody knows rte and yeah. uh, you know that you put your school in a chi- i mean in a ch- child in a school it's free and all of those aspects why don't they know about right to play is a fundamental aspect uh, but i'm thinking that instead of complicating it to that let's make just normalize it na let's integrate yeah. play as a as a teaching tool in schools as a therapy yeah. thing for children going to therapy i mean there is play therapy but can we just normalize it this also brings us to the point of like maintaining public spaces where yeah. not everybody can afford like a park or like a neighborhood area but there are so many public spaces which are not maintained well which have right. swings which are broken which are probably dangerous but then who takes up the charge of like upkeeping them kind of a thing even in yeah. uh, khidki village in delhi when i was working with hoj uh, yeah. if you go to neighborhood to do your research bit play with children play tapu they are dead ends to road but there's so much traffic that it's not safe space to play when you go to a park the neighborhood some uncle or some auntie would be like yahan pe football nahi khel sakte yahan pe ye nahi kar sakte yahan pe wo nahi kar sakte and then that yeah. leaves children with still no further space to play yeah. so yeah. while the right to play is something that's out there but still then having somebody within your neighborhood be vocal about uh, the spaces the public uh, spaces as well which can be accessed by all children specifically so, so what are some of the other practical solutions that you think like for so many things in india getting corporates involved you know means greater funding means greater involvement greater awareness you know when we get these big industrial houses to say that okay part of our csr we are going to be maintaining these public spaces or for example to say that hey we are going to be going into educational institutions um that have these game design courses pick up people so that we can create these um games toys um play areas for kids to you know so we we almost normalize that discussion it becomes part of uh, an actual profession that you can take up what what are some of these practical things that you think could work um and this is out to both of you and sadhvi you too if you got some ideas so indian academics like when we say we are creating nurturing more minds who are uh, learning how to design games or be game designers the first challenge that i probably see here is people come with the mindset of triple a games they were born yeah. in an era where they were born with psps in hands and stuff so when you see yeah. these people young 18 year olds coming they're not thinking about play they are not thinking about games they are yeah. not yeah. thinking about toys they're thinking of making triple a titles so the first yeah. thing that you as an academician want to do is whitewash that get them yeah. to unlearn get them to play more yeah they've only played one type of game all the time and your struggle with them is to get them to play more more variety of games as game designers not be biased create yeah. for everybody not just for one set of people otherwise then it would and it's a longer thing like i think 3 years is too short a time for a technical program to create or to nurture such aspiring practitioners and play learning to be a game designer does not come out of an academy it is something yeah. that you want to invest in as a career path come what may and you'll only yeah. know the more you travel the more you play the more people you meet the more different kind of people that you meet be open to learning yourself so it's mm. quite a challenge like being game designer or studying game design is no fun similarly like playing games is a lot of fun but designing games is a great challenge like there's so much that you're trying to like solve and resolve and sajjad and venkat you definitely would be agreeing to this it's definitely not fun but uh, i take pleasure out of it uh, yeah so 
sorry i'm also losing track of the question here but yeah creating yeah. more people who are <laughs> designing or uh, learning to be game designers the first thing that definitely should be is uh, to widen the their horizon and their yeah. understanding of play so i'm talking about people who are almost our age in our mid age group they are the ones who still are hanging on to their childhood nostalgia and they bring a lot of that entertainment value or that kind of nostalgia into their games bag why do we like yeah. playing certain games of a certain genre because it's related somehow to some of our like childhood memories but for this yeah. current generation who would now become designers it's very important for them to study 12 years old what cartoons are they watching what do children do so while yeah. they're still young adults for them also to study even younger group of people by participating in these communities where probably volunteer volunteer with a, uh, a place like toy bank if you want to be a game designer you have to volunteer you have to be out there you have to study people so you have to yeah. be a counselor you have to be a therapist you have to uh, be out there observing people so i think there should definitely be a module that focuses only on your observational skills and how do you how do you take notes how do you observe so yeah. playing and making games will come automatically is what i feel it can't be taught it's something that you are going to imbibe and you're just buying yourself some time in a school when you come to study game design yeah so i yeah i agree i mean that makes sense i uh, also have like let's say i think there are like two things uh, i feel uh, one is doesn't matter who you are uh, uh are you if you're a you know like a builder of buildings or you're a anything like doesn't matter who what profession you are um if we could just make like the child the central figure of your story or whatever you're doing with your profession whoever you are uh that it really doesn't matter what profession but if you are able to kind of make the child the hero uh or the central figure and therefore build everything around that child i think we'll actually manage to solve out for some very fundamental human problems we are yeah. always very commercially driven so the first thing that everybody thinks about is how much will i make uh what kind of numbers can i show what are those big jargon excel sheets with yeah. uh, uh you know big big fat numbers that don't fit in a cell uh in order yeah. to prove where you will be in 5 years or 10 years and then the entire core focus is just gone um because yeah. then the, you're putting the pressure on yourself to do that but not actually yeah. why you started this in the first place yeah. why where yeah. did the thought even come uh yeah. you know i feel like if you're able to stop commercializing or the only thing was commercializing that will happen now they say i and money will come if you do yeah. things for the right reasons the reasons yeah. have to be really strong and i think this holds true for every kind of business and everything i know i sound a little crazy when i say this but i think those are the norms we all have to break um yeah. we have to coming to the space of play and the the question in context the second point i also very strongly feel is um uh, understanding that how do i put this right for me i come from a space where i don't want like how do i put this i i want play to be a a very big aspect where there are policy level changes and play is a way of being and everything but at the same time i'm afraid that if that sort of becomes 
um, you know, uh, 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 um, in say the objective or the goal, then immediately you know, before you know it, commercialization around it quickly starts, which is True. going back to my first point. That so yeah. it's like um, it needs to percolate. It needs to mm. quietly seep into everything that we design, everything we build, everything that we do. Um, yes. There has to be a play element or a play method or a play approach. It has to be like, do we do we say I'm breathing oxygen like every time I'm inhaling? Do I keep saying, that, oh, yeah. you know, I'm so grateful. Thank you, oxygen. It's like that, right? Play is like that. It needs to just be there. If we make yes. it so, so obvious and so conscious and like this happened to education, right? I mean, everybody knows at 100 years ago, just a little over 100 years ago, uh, women weren't allowed to get into schools. There was yeah. a big fight for getting women into school just just a hundred years ago, and yeah. um, uh, it's such a it's such a crazy thing to think that imagine if we say that oh you are a girl child you can't go in school today if you say this today we'll get backed by you know anybody <laughs> on the road if you say this right it's such a stupid statement to even make and this yeah. is just a hundred years ago but and then look at look at the education spectrum how much yeah. of commercialization and it's been ripped apart where the core aspect of what we wanted to build out for is just gone, right? Or is going. And uh, isn't play uh, supposed to be, I don't want, I'm, I'm very scared that it shouldn't happen to, uh, it sh by play is so important that it completely loses yeah. the character of why we are fighting for it. Um, yeah, that little subtlety needs to, so I don't know how you do these things. Um, yeah, that's my space. <laughs> adding to your second point, sorry, adding to her second point of like uh, finding the right patrons and partners when it comes to us being involved with games. If there's somebody who's there for money, I don't think making money is a bad thing or having uh, wanting to make it a bad thing. But finding the right people who believe in the power of play or what you're doing, finding the right patrons. Because there are yeah. people who will come and they'll be like, oh, you're sitting on a golden egg. I know I'm sitting on a golden egg, but your idea of approaching this uh, thing is way different from the ideology where I'm coming from. So I think yeah. most of the times it's also for me personally, it's about finding that right match more than the person. I think finding that right organization or other uh, people who are doing a similar kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly what I was going to talk about, Shraddha. So I've been, uh, uh, you know, I've seen Toy Bank's journey, I wouldn't say right from the start, but somewhere close to the start. And the kind of people or adults that hang out or support Toy Bank, people from all walks of life, you have actors, musicians, uh, singers, you know, like well-qualified people and people who's who of India, I would say, right? And it's beautiful to see that they actually live what Shweta talks about, the power of play, they live it. So whenever we attend uh, meetings or uh, volunteering sessions, it's it's just amazing. Like uh, they are all children over there. You know, you don't feel like they are adults. Yeah. And that's what I feel like as well. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I truly believe in what they're doing. And, you know, I would, uh, uh, I would always support them. So I, I think there were three very, very big points that came out. I think Shraddha, what you mentioned was that, listen, you know, the, the idea of how um, people are trained to create games or create toys or create play areas, whatever, it could be an engineer, a civil engineer making, you know, a play area or builder doing it, or it could be that game mechanics or toy designer who's making that small toy that's going to be played by a child at home. 
that perception and the tools or you know the knowledge needed to do that needs to be you know also understanding what the end user is so that's that's the big thing that they need to learn um shweta i i really like your point where we need to tug both ends of the rope so i like to think of it as humane capitalism and the word humane comes before capitalism where you know instead of just reaping profits and not thinking about the human side of things we need to first empathize with the person who is possibly going to be giving you those profits right and without actually reaching into their pockets and you know taking out all the money we need to improve their way of living um so i think that's that's really important if corporates begin to think about listen first i want to improve society and through that if i'm able to benefit myself that is the secondary option that i get so you know the the whole idea of profit through um with a conscience becomes very important and the third i think the most important of um you know the lot is the perception of play we need to change how people actually look at you know play like we don't want parents to say that acha abhi khel raha hai abhi pad raha hai that that we don't need to make that distinction it can be okay for them to play and study at the same time or you know to understand that listen exams are going on doesn't mean that you cannot play nahi abhi mat khelo exam chal rahe you know that is something that we are distinguishing and telling the child that you cannot do this because this is more important and making play a normal part of a child's life of an adult's life normal part of the human way of living i think is is the key change that we need to bring up so all three points are are great ways to to think about it yeah have you have you do come across uh, other than of course what you do shraddha for you uh, at your school and uh, shweta at toy bank have you seen more practical uh, applications of how play is used like i know i met this guy shraddha and you were there uh, that time uh, they used gaming as part of uh, introducing policy change so they were uh they were explaining the examples of the problems through play and they were designing games and trying to tackle those problems through games yeah so i remember you, bharat from yeah. fields of view uh right. who have uh, been really using play in the policy change space and uh, creating these games to be played by people who make policies bringing them in again roping in adults to understand what the power of play can do by simulating yeah. Yeah. So, in your your question was basically about how it's practically also being used in the in in CR play to learn centers, right? Yeah. I think uh, what's super fascinating is um, when we train our teachers. What are we training them against? It's really funny. So the hmm. first uh, couple of hours is about breaking the ice uh, conceptually on what is the power of play because these are also first generation learners themselves. uh in, in most of the cases we're working with who have yeah. uh you know gone to school educated themselves and now we're saying you know what you have to incorporate play in the way you teach so like ek to like we are studying we are doing all of these things and we want our kids to like play and only stay focused uh, sorry uh, study and only stay focused on studying and get good grades and finish schooling go to college now what you're saying play because so we have these crazy arguments right with them because It's like yeah, but who said it? They are two different things. Nobody said they are two different things. Yeah. In fact, there's an exam tomorrow. Make him play more today, na? It's not yeah. about how, how you know. The question is not about, and this is what we really push in the teacher training is about the a part of solving problems is yeah. to understand the problem itself first, na? It's not a yeah. question answer. You got you by hearted. You and that is a question I studied in page number forty nine, and now I'm going to. This is the answer to it. It's that you understand the problem and you're solving that paper, 
actually like a puzzle like a thought out your critical thinking is happening this is happening that is happening memory blah is so many things so we've actually incorporated the first few hours of uh, the training goes in just breaking myths for our teachers and these were the earlier days i'm saying but for you years ago thankfully yeah. a lot of those things are going to change now as we speak covid has yeah. been interesting in that sense uh, and now i'll bring in this super brilliant national education policy 2020 which has happened <laughs> <laughs> very exciting times we're living in um i think the policy is great it's calling out key words uh, that we all have been using for decades in the play space we talked yeah, about yeah. discovery learning and experiential learning that god only knows when uh finally yeah. it's featuring in the education policy but it's glad better late than never question is yeah. about how they're going to implement it so yes it's going to be a challenge that we hope these beautiful neps uh, uh policy level things are happening question is how they're going to be implemented thankfully at, at least in our organization like we have kind yeah. of trained tens of thousands of teachers now on the power of play over the last 16 years and um yeah. we have exactly said what the nep is saying finally in paper as a policy now we've been actually training the teachers against that so implementation the teachers in many cases have already incorporated uh into yeah. their style of teaching uh and it's again the question is not about like how shraddha said about learning math maybe better or science of breaking it down into subject level or curriculum but it's actually learning to learn better your mind yeah. actually opens up to doesn't matter what but the fear goes down your fear goes down you automatically absorb that much more and at a child yeah. level it's super fast we can see it in front of our eyes in like a matter of minutes and that yeah. is how at least in the toy bank play to learn centers and we have around 450 such centers spread across uh bombay and the rest of maharashtra we we witnessed and we've seen why are we some of these partners so so many years old because they want the toy bank play program because they are able to see other benefits of it children are coming back children are learning better grades are going up so the standard commercial or standard results that they want to see are see are being seen by them so i yeah. honestly we don't care you want your results you're getting a result but we are also getting 20 other results along with it that the kids are calmer they are mentally more stable they are more receptive they are kinder and better holistic people for society at large so many other things are going on on the side so yeah i would say i think i we witnessed a lot of direct implementation of of play and play way methods in um, wherever we work with it's been quite exciting so shraddha just to reframe the question which might help you a bit uh, at, at your college like do you get uh, do industries reach out asking for solutions for certain problems through play does that happen yes exactly i just gathered my thoughts around it because besides game design as a discipline there are so many other disciplines that srishti designed specifically so there's public space design human centered design and other modes research is a big part of any of the projects that student take up whether they are hypothetical or whether they are in a live setup or whether it's real time so their approach of breaking ice like coming from a filmmaking background it's so important to create that bond with people that you would be participating who would be participating in your research they are not sure. just users they are participants in your research how do we yeah. frame questions or our uh, how do we co-create with them when you go yeah. out to a public space you're not making something for them you create with them so those yeah. kind yeah. of ideologies ke liye bhi for those also uh, there are students who would approach you shraddha how 
how do you think i can work around uh, on a game which can help them understand how to transact money these are women from xyz community they have never worked before but in this livelihood project we need to make them understand how the banking systems work so the idea yeah. is either you give them written notes or like some clinical kind of a thing or you get them to engage in these smaller sessions which are facilitated by somebody like you and who have a tool which is actually a game which brings yeah. in the best of jaipur or the best of monopoly but not in that way but in a way that they understand the concept better so that yeah. is there are lots of different other disciplines who try to learn and incorporate designing games in yeah. a way that it can be applied for its end use especially mm. uh, to train or uh, in many other ways yeah. I, I also like to add a little, little thing so so go ahead yeah so i just wanted to add a little thing that so i don't know if you all have heard then if not then you should look at look it up there is a there are these uh, research uh, papers you know this is called like the annual status uh, of education report it's called the assers assers reports every year there is these and these are very tough to do and also done at a very small budget these actually spell out a lot of the learning outcomes in children so uh, yeah. the latest i mean the, there is one in 2018 that specifically mm -hmm. called out that a grade 5 student couldn't uh, uh, do a read english of a grade 2 yeah. student uh got yeah. even simple division of a grade 2 student not able to do by a grade 5 kid but they are like moving up uh, grades uh yeah. but what are the outcomes really really poor so while yeah. this asa report calls out the realities of how our children in india are learning yeah. um yeah. and some of the solutions it interestingly calls out is children have to learn through a play way method because yeah. that's how it will you know look at that i mean it's been going on for years there people yeah. have been saying this so I mean, we are talking about something which is, uh, which has to be done. There is no, there is no other solution. It's not yeah. like this is better than that. I mean, this is the only solution. So, it's about how we, whatever, like in Shraddha's case, how they, how they incorporating it in say design thinking, designing, or whatever solution based uh, uh, approach they come up with. But what is it? At the end of the day, we're incorporating. the whole play power of play and play way methods in whatever we're building yeah. out for yeah. which is the only solution so according comprehension literacy versus comprehension is where it comes to while a lot of people can read or write but if they do not comprehend then that is of no use people knowing how to do things but they do not understand it so yeah. knowing about something and actually imbibing it in your practice becomes like two different things Yeah. So that is one of the 21st century life skill parameters, and yeah, yeah. it's not being met with at all. I mean, we have put all of the 21st century life skill. Uh, how is it going? How are we going to get there, right? And yeah. what that one of the things is what just Shraddha just said. I mean, this whole aspect of what we are learning and what we are doing are actually very well connected. Yeah, yeah. we see this problem sometimes, like when testing our games. uh and because we uh, mostly design around mathematics uh we realize that the problem isn't the uh, uh, the aspect of solving maths but rather sometimes even comprehending the language used over there so what we do is now we started giving vocabulary and trying to explain certain words uh, terms and uh, even creating videos around our gameplays and stuff so it just makes their life a bit easier and then the whole i mean we don't know like sometimes kids say hey i hate maths but like why do you hate maths you know uh, it might be the person who is facilitating it might be them not understanding the language behind it 
and we hope like these things might uh, you know just encourage them to uh, take up mathematics and to add to a point that sajid is mentioning when we do a lot of research we work with parents and we do our testing we hear parents say also listen maths i hate i fear maths <laughs> so now that is something that is systematically been built over the years you know and if you really go back to it it's like um you know children struggle with percentages which means they struggle with fractions which means they struggle with numbers so it's like foundation by foundation if you know the 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 core is really weak everything about that you know ratio and proportion oh. struggle if you're not good with fractions you're going to struggle with ratio and proportions you're going to struggle with percentages you might struggle with averages and then it moves further and kids go to let's say standard eight and they go like i fear maths i hate maths i'm not good at maths i'm going to drop it um that becomes a real problem because you shouldn't fear anything that you're learning right you should in i mean that's the core thing i as human beings we are able to learn anything at any age and we really need to believe that and it's just that we need to find the right methodology we need to find the right medium to learn and um i think that's where play comes in so well because the first aspect that a child sees when we put our games out there is are this is fun i'm going to enjoy this uh, we see average learners with like you know really um above you know uh, probably the top 1% of classroom sit together work together and um, at one point you might find an average learner even you know um, exceeding what is expected of them winning a, a a game and suddenly that confidence builds in like are i thought i was bad in maths but now so i'm winning um, you know so that change yeah. really makes a difference to the way that a child thinks um we've had yeah. uh, you know people come and tell us that now my kid before an exam says why can't i play that game to study why do i have to do a worksheet or you know That's do something awesome. like that yeah and yeah. and and that's great because you want to remove that fear you want to remove that stigma that says that listen i'm not good at something or i can't do something you really don't want that and i think games really empower them to think that yeah. i think kids can stay at home and parents can go to school for all the learning that is what i strongly believe in the education system can be scrapped in terms of percentage that you get in school i think it has switched to grading system but still within the family also if cousins are talking it's almost always about uh, how much did you score in science how much did you why do you have to ask such questions at all what is the whole idea is it gratification for the kids or for the parents so i think yeah. kids can just do fine without going to a school and they learn what they have to and when they have to so yeah <laughs> i think we've also you know we sort of uh, i don't know how to uh, Uh, I try to frame this, but we've, we've tried so hard over the decades, centuries as human beings to sort of templatize everything. Like everything has to be templatized. Everything has to be designed for a preset container kind of a yeah, thing, yeah. boxed, right? But we are the container, yar. I mean that yeah. we have forgotten. <laughs> we are the container. We yeah. want to. We children are being forced to be. We are put into a container, but this is a container. This is the dimension. This it's so dumb, right? We the human spirit has been curtailed. I mean, yeah. the whole beauty of being human is actually to feel, to be resilient, to breathe, to be free, to be a lot of things. I mean, we put so many conditions, and it's like we're like this now. All of us, everyone has to be fitting into this. how yeah. can that happen yeah and how can we and they're also look at the situation where we're in a pandemic 
what actual time to speak about something i hope in seven months if we couldn't get some aspects of the way we've all been living our lives in the last so many so many years then this based it's a waste of a pandemic i feel because might as well you know forget it get the virus die or you know suffer it because i feel like we have to learn there's a massive life lesson that is happening here isn't it and yeah. who are also the happy people who are the people who are that's the who are in their natural elements i remember this book i read it's such a i'm sure you guys have heard of sir ken robinson somebody i really really follow and believe in such beautiful ted talks he gives and sometimes when i get completely lost about things and things i hear from the world i sit and listen to some of his conversations and his speeches yeah. brings back the reasons of why we do what we do i mean to yeah, be yeah. in your element what does that even mean uh yeah. you know sanjeev you are you are one of the guys i really look up to and you're amazing you do such crazy things with your and I, what do you do you're playing you're jumping exactly. off planes you're playing and that centers you that that is that defines a lot of who you are as a person you bring that that kind of experience to whatever else you do in your life that's what we want for your in your elements that is what yeah. is you know can play can do for um so many of our kids is make them normal and natural as as human beings should be but after yeah. that what do you want to do is is completely a free will and your choice but can we at yeah. least be free to think in in a in a in a, in a way that is not restrictive in nature um yeah. i feel like those are very fundamental areas of of us and in in everything in every aspect of whatever we do yeah just to add to that i think uh, what play does is it makes you it builds curiosity it makes you you know you play a board game or you play any kind of a game it you you're constantly thinking about it and what would you have done uh, back there or what will you do the next time right so there's a lot of uh, subconsciously there's a lot of thinking happening in your head at least from my example it's make me highly observant you know and i try to apply that in my job as well uh, i'm constantly observing things right from natural like nature uh, to human beings and i try to uh, you know use that even in my animations i try to use those characters uh, in my storytelling uh, yeah and, yeah. and those were two things actually that came out in a few other talks that we've done uh, one thing was metacognition right to um do we do, how how do we really reflect back how do we actually think and be like okay i did that or what was the purpose of me actually doing that um figuring that out i think that has a big impact to society when a lot of people lot of things that we do every day if we just step back at the end we reflect back or we think okay why did i why did i make that move or you know what did what did i do today that really uh, made me react in that manner i think a lot yeah. of things can what will be solved from that purpose and I, games give you that that thing to do it right then and there right hey listen uh, i you know um yesterday when i was playing football i passed it to him instead of that can i change that uh, yeah. tomorrow or like hey i made that move in chess where i took out the rook instead of that pawn what could i have done that yeah. differently and that that really creates this new pathway in your head or in your mind that it goes like hey next time when i do it i'm going to do that differently i think i think that's something beautiful that comes out of play I'm I'm always yeah. thinking of strategies to beat Venkat in this game. I just I just hope Sajid doesn't jump off a plane and lands on the ground and goes like hey I could have done that differently. That's not good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Sajid. Are you also learning 
repeating your learning like through games that gives you that ability to keep doing something again and again and get better yeah. at it because yeah. in real life then you do something you make a mistake somebody comes and like screams at you or something you're very scared to do that again and play right. is a safe space the magic circle that we call is such a safe space it's yeah. and making it normal to lose a game and observing children yeah. engaging your smartness in terms of whom do you want to be trader do you want to like play smarter with your 8 year old niece or do you want to go easy on her so that she's encouraged to gauging that uh, parameter also when we are facilitating play is something that i've learned over the years when i'm with studio clockworks we are trying to build communities around games and yeah. telling people to empathize it's okay it's not about winning at the first place play to learn do not play to win is the mantra that we like really stick to and just bringing these conversations up around the table when we are playing a simple board game and it's okay if you do not like a game there's a plenty of others so as somebody who conducts a lot of these play sessions it's very interesting to observe us having this repertoire of resources that you can just like pull up hey i know just the right game that would lift your mood up or just yeah. the right game that you want uh, to yeah. get this kind of challenge or that kind of challenge so which were also i'm sure working with communities really oh yeah helps you get that sense of like i know what can work and if it doesn't we are okay to uh, accept it as well so i think so, that's amazing that's interesting uh, interesting point and interesting uh, start to conversation also started i think earlier uh, you know at toy bank uh, it's interesting to see how we've also like changed the way we use play because we want to attend into different types of problems right so okay we'll use play like this okay we'll use. so in the beginning it was what you just said about safe space we work a lot with uh, communities uh and children that are growing up in really really tough terrains like i mean these are yeah. spaces where uh, child sexual sexual abuse is rampant there's domestic violence there's i mean it's ridiculous the kind of stories we hear from our kids and it's heart wrenching i mean there were times when we would talk about this and while talking about breakdown because like, how can a child even face these things right today i'm like far better in my head space because we are learning to deal with it but um it's it's really it's we talk about what's going on there's so much going on in our bina backyard right here in bombay or you know it just around us so in the beginning yeah. we used to use play to create safe spaces uh yeah. we used to only work in partnership i mean we still do that's a principal uh, approach we take at toy bank is we only work in collaboration and partnership with an existing yeah. entity could be anything government school shelter homes a uh, uh, daycare uh, crash whatever <laughs> we never yeah. principally went to children on the streets we never okay. did either they were living on the streets yes heart wrenching heart breaking want to do a lot for them but yeah. uh, we thought about this really really hard and it was a tough decision but we took it and i think it was a very good thing we did if they are on the streets they are getting everything for free people people are giving food packs half eaten food packs to them they're getting some fancy food maybe from fancy restaurant somebody's eaten in half pack which i think is really not yeah. nice and second thing is they get clothes maybe They, whatever so then what inspires and motivates these kids to get off the streets kids i'm not talking about adult, adults and that's the most unsafe environment because that's where they get abused physically mentally um verbally and that's not yeah. the kind of if you see the signals is children are begging and they're coming to your windows uh, car windows what does what do most of people do they just do this abine not now nahi chahiye yeah. jao we don't want to buy they're only seeing our hand wave like this in negative go away yeah. is the message they are getting all the time go yeah, away yeah. how are these kids going to grow up feeling loved emotionally stable wanted 
cared for, not abandoned, and therefore will grow up to be a resilient child and a fantastic contributing citizen to our country? No way. And we blame, we point fingers and we say, oh, that person is a pedophile. This one is a terrorist. This one is a rapist. This one is a murderer. Yes, it's horrible. What yeah. led them to that? What yeah. got them to being such terrible human beings for the world? You know, yeah. it's unfortunate. We don't pay attention enough to how our children on the streets are growing up. So we principally took a call and no, we will only make noise. We had magicians and clowns and storytellers. We had colorful rap uh toys i wouldn't say games these are toys that are an emotional value uh you know a child would sleep and cuddle with a teddy bear give it a name make it her his best friend and you know there's an emotional value to that toy we used to give that individually to children to take back home but only in centers in places where we could say that these are safe spaces. So the right. children who were on the streets who wouldn't receive, their parents would come telling us, uh, you know, Didi Bhaiya, can you please give us, Mere bhi hai. I also have kids, can you please give our kids toys? And we would, it was so hard to say no. We would say, Nahi, no, we will not give you. Can you bring your child to this center? Please uh, enroll, bring him back. You, you do whatever you want to do, but that is not the place for your child. Can the oh, child be cool. in a safe space? And you won't believe it in the weeks that followed our distribution events in the earlier days, the, the registrations of new children enrolling shot up. Like we actually, I remember this funny call I got from a school principal, you know, sort of funnily scolding me, saying, Ab yeah. kya kar rahe we don't have place in our school, but, but we want to take more children. Mabhi mein yeah. kya kind of like a funny problem, but scolding me and not scolding me. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? I'll get you more kids if you want. But thing is, there are people who want to help, but how do we approach the problem? How do we approach the solution? How do we yeah. solve out for permanently, not to do some ridiculous temporary patchwork and say, oh, it's done. True. That's actually more damaging. You know, play actually yeah. solves out for fundamental problems, uh, yeah. character building. I mean, those are big things that are happening because of this right yeah. and um so i mean that play the whole distribution model work wonders today in fact to even to sort of say what shraddha just mentioned is very interesting is even when we play set up our play to learn centers it's not that we've just arbitrarily taken our games and just put we actually right. understand there's a lot of pre-assessments need-based assessments that toy bank does to understand whom are we working with what is the background right. environment these children are growing up in what are already the kind of learning outcomes or gaps that may exist? And how can we therefore curate our play to learn centers with appropriate board games, play activities, playbooks right. to actually fill these gaps? They could be behavioral gaps. It could be any kind of things. But they are properly yeah. documented. We properly assess these centers. Then we curate the training sessions for teachers because we also want to understand how open are they? How open are they to learning new things and concepts? We have to curate yeah. everything. So there's a template that's provided and everyone follows that. It's to actually mold it to suit the needs of those kids. We are actually wanting yeah. to solve out for a problem. Not just do what we feel is right, but do what is yeah, actually exactly. required at the same time. And this is what also brings sustainability, the aspect of sustainability in the true sense, where you're not just holding things and putting them in a center, but you're this is the sustainable model where a lot of thinking goes into before implementing a certain model and learning new things from something that did not work out. 
improvising on it in your next step coming yeah. to that sustainability aspect of it the idea that uh, in india coming back to the society point how we perceive play the only reason toy toys are us or hamleys exist is so that people can buy birthday gifts big boxed yeah. games for their kids yeah that is my understanding every time you go towards the board game section or the toy section it's the same things only uncles yeah. and aunties come there to buy something for their nieces nephews etc i might be completely wrong i'm not saying like this is the only reason people come but there's just such lack of curation in these spaces although they are like these world chains and stuff like that but there's no curation there's no actual effort made to study their neighborhood what a bombay yeah. hamleys would want different from a kanpur hamli or something now this is not just like cut copy paste model malls are there everywhere hamleys wants to open more chain stores there'll be more people wanting to invest in something which is a toy store caters to children but curation becomes an important part sustainability of what do you want to bring to these spaces that would help you also uh, cater to a specific audience Yeah. So yeah. even in my case, like when I'm thinking of games, I try to manufacture my games in small quantities and with local manufacturers. Yeah. One of my also uh, one of my things is also I enjoy production more than like selling. As a one person studio, I cannot do it all. I have realized this. I've tried it, but I came to a realization. Shraddha, maybe you do not you don't have to do it all. Uh, maintain yeah. your GST, sell your games, market them, maintain social media handles, and also think of new games while you're doing all of this. So I yeah. kind of refrained from it, took a pause, which Venkat very well mentioned. That pause is such an important aspect. The moment I realized I'm losing uh, my fun part of it, I think that is where I stopped. I enjoy sharing yeah. it, what I already have. I stopped buying games, not at the I realized that there are so many games lying on my shelf which haven't had a chance to be tabled, and that is yeah. unfair for those games. So I treat them as an entity, which feels bad. So I'm like, Shraddha, no more games till you actually get these tabled around. Or if you do not like them, then pass it on, kind of a thing. Yeah. So sustainability in different different uh, ways, producing locally, not buying more games, or uh, talking to other people, other parents about. the kind of games they should see the kind of uh, quality that they should look into a game uh one is right here i buy a lot of games which are locally produced so this one is from kutch it's a hand embroidered so supporting local businesses who are creating games kind of a thing so many different ways in which sustainability kind of links with studio clockwork as well and in general practice in lifestyle yeah i'm going to combine two points that you made one thing is about let's say the big toy houses like hamleys toys r us or whatever the other thing that we touched before was something about humane capitalism and the point that chweta brought about about you know how we can really contribute back into society and actually provide a very safe space for kids i think um one thing that we should see you know big toy stores and things like that is when they sell toys a lot of people they use the toys it's got a shelf life i don't think kids you know really use toys more than 2 or 3 months before they jump onto a new one a uh, very rarely do you see you know someone holding a teddy bear you know for 30 years and still you know really nurturing it um but <laughs> but what i mean is if they can figure out a way you know where the the humane aspect of capitalism comes in where we can be like hey you've bought a toy from us what why don't you come back 3 months later give that toy back and can we actually give it back into society for someone like toy bank where we are actually giving it to um i 
I, I really don't like the idea of giving someone a used toy, right? Would I really want it? No, why should someone else get it? But in this case, it might just be helpful um, if we can get something that is barely being used, still looks new, maybe packaged the same way, give it to a child who really needs it. You know, someone who can really take it and that makes it sustainable too. Instead of just throwing our toys and games and whatever we produce into landfills, we can figure out a way to use it in this number of times. For example, like the board games we create, the outcomes are infinite. It's not like, you know, I could shut the board game, keep it aside, open it a year later, but the game still plays. It's not like I need something new. I need to do something different. Why we really need to, and that, you know, from the top of the hierarchy, when we get these big toy stores that have got, let's say a basket that says, leave your old toys here and we'll give them to, you know, organizations that will deliver it to the last mile. Those safe spaces mm. where kids really need them. I think that would really That's make a people are mm. perceiving game parents will begin to see that and be like hey even if i can't go and give it to a families can i at least give it to let's say my house helps daughter or can i give it to you know my driver's son you know small things like that and not only just give it but get them to play also why not get them to play with the with my child you know that that is something that we really need to start to look at as society. exactly i think behavioral change is what you're touching upon it's not about just giving the resources or passing them down but yeah the giving your time is the biggest thing that anybody can contribute is what my strong belief is more than anything yeah. else more than money or resources giving your time if you can yeah. take out one hour a week to just talk to people in your neighborhood even if we live in these multi-storied buildings in bombay and pune and thane and bangalore how much do you know about your neighbors i am yeah. i look like a fool when i'm talking to somebody in the lift in my uh, apartment but I love making a fool of myself. I love taking my Othello downstairs and play and let children watch it while they're playing with their drone. So these are the observations I'm making and I'm using this as my adda right now. Okay, I'm in a very nice place. This society, I can bring about a change. Even if not to the rest of Bangalore, maybe where I am living right now. It can start with my own neighborhood for that matter. And slowly I've seen the magic happen so many times, all the time, always. Like, it just takes a spark to get the fire going wala thing. Once you do it, there are five parents who come and talk to you. There are three kids who would come and inquire, what are you playing? And just that tap on the shoulder, just breaking that ties, just being visible on every Thursday or every Tuesday on a pattern which people can observe is something that's beautiful. And I think contributing your time to such endeavor where we are trying to bring behavioral change in the mindsets related to play in India, games in India, toys in India, and this whole perception. So I think we're all in this together and we are doing incredible bits for our own selves. Yeah. So I think sure. like, you uh, brought up a very interesting thing saying that I wouldn't want to give my second hand to, I wouldn't want it. That's so good because, so I'll tell you, uh, we, in the earlier days, uh, the only way we could, because we started this, I mean, I'm an engineer by background. So that the first five, six years I had a corporate job and we did this, yeah. uh, as, as volunteers ourselves, like me and when I say us, I, there are a whole bunch of strangers I used to work with. Every week when we used to do activities, there were different people coming in and different people getting involved. And I was the only one idiot in that whole thing. No, we'll push play. We will give toys to kids and driving it like mad. I was a 21, 22-year-old crackpot. Uh, I, that hasn't changed though uh, in all these years. <laughs> so, But it's, it's fun. It was fun. What we used to do is we used to actually go to housing societies and we used to 
put up posters and we used to uh, just put boxes cotton boxes and say and that time there was no there were some little do's and don'ts in the poster but we never really articulated and talked to anybody and uh, i was quite in those days shy to have conversations with people like what am i going to tell them we had no clarity i, I just knew i needed toys wrap them and distribute them and give it to all the kids uh, then the whole recycling process started we used to re repair recycle uh, sterilize soft toys used to be uh today we have an industry machine in our uh, office where, which sterilizes a lot of the soft toys so that model of collection hasn't stopped but it has diminished uh in the earlier days people used to give us rubbish it used to be all about cleaning their houses for some festival yeah. and which is actually why principally again as an organization we don't uh foster any particular religion we do everything on neutral days we don't mm. do anything on religious days because we realize that when our children receive something on a religious day they believe because of that religion uh, they are receiving it and the whole purpose of what they are they are giving only is gone because it all becomes about a, a certain religion we completely stop we oh, just pick absolute national holidays and neutral days and we say every day is a special day hey this is but um, to going back to this whole so we used to get rubbish then we stopped and we started questioning because we used to we used to joke about it and realize it's not a joke we used to joke about the fact that we are high level rubbish sorters uh yeah. in the back end you know how funny it is it's also very cathartic and we say oh it's okay we'll do it i mean anything for our children but isn't that an idiotic thing to do why are people giving us rubbish in the first place are we here to clean the houses uh so then started this whole sensitization uh model oh. we will not take your stuff unless you get sensitized you need to have yeah. a behavioral change first and we yeah. trained all our college kids all the volunteers mm. and we have a ceo volunteers at toy bank and the only way we are able to do things at toy bank is actually thanks to volunteers who are extended family of everything that we do uh we first got them we charged them up like i used to go and speak uh you know to large forums every single day colleges school campuses um corporate we started going to corporate offices housing societies sunday mornings get called to speak to about 50 100 people doesn't matter i enrolled myself i'm not this kind of a person but i enrolled myself into some sort of a i don't even want to take the name here but some sort of a forum where every sunday they would all meet to do this sort of a kriya or a session and i would mm -hmm. do it because every sunday i would get to speak to 200 different people and more uh -huh. people will get to know about what we do what we do like karte hain i should take my car my old bichara uh, uh, it was a it was a really old car and i should mm -hmm. dump all the connections that used to come people would donate and the quality of games started changing because we should tell them the purpose of what is happening and then okay. over the years we started realizing the pattern of i knew what bombay was playing with because all the same games only used to come we evolved okay. as an organization and okay. as we started doing better at our work we realized that there's no there's no variety only yeah bombay is playing yeah. with a same monopoly or a game of life or you know standard and also affluent houses giving standard set of games they wouldn't try yeah. anything else over there are so many beautiful games in the market so then we started uh, sourcing games i went and scouted yeah. uh, the wholesale market in bombay crawford market very famous it used to be my sunday affair or not sunday sunday used to be shot i don't remember which day of the week but that full day from morning to evening uh, vikram and i in fact used to go and survey the entire market look for uh, uh, all kinds of wholesale dealers in all kinds of board games because you also realize yeah. even the wholesale that they were you know there were certain types of games that certain wholesalers would give then there were there were very few people that had all the variety looking at play to learn it was all about yeah. uh, more about entertainment value versus actually learning through that game so we became very 
specific to what kind of uh, what exposure our kids will have what are the images they are seeing they can't be only western world images we are talking about children we are working in remote areas of uh, rural maharashtra tribal children you know what a show like a farmer in a fancy tractor uh, wearing goggles and you know there are all these western world images a poor farmer yeah. is so like uh, anorexic and uh, impoverished in a way and how can we show our children something which is not a part of their own culture so the images that the games would offer is something we started curating we started talking we had many forums where we got a chance i have gone and spoken to multiple forums in fact just before the lockdown at tiki had a fabulous session in uh, feb uh, where i spoke to a whole uh, hundreds of board game manufacturers and wholesale dealers from all across india to wow. actually sensitize even this group that think about don't think about just money right attend to the problem you are in a serious space of play how can yeah. think about who are you catering to uh, why are you yeah. asking ladka hai why are you asking is it a boy or a girl yeah how yeah. does it matter you know uh, yeah. uh, so lots of curation and behavioral changes we go to affluent schools toy bank works with a dozen dozens of affluent schools in bombay where we yeah. conduct sensitization sessions that go on for an hour we tell these kids you know why is play so important because for them it's maybe a part of some uh, volunteering grades milega ye wo but really speaking why are we here why, why is play important why do we do what we do purpose blah these young people become the spokespersons of play then they understand yeah. because they also come to our play to learn centers as a lot of things going on in this the bridge is built uh, yeah. you know the so called old of haves and have not This whole differentiator of economic differences completely goes crash landing. Um, there is no yeah. nothing like that in play. There is no kind of discrimination. So our our so-called affluent children are mixing with our center children, and there is speaking the same language, enjoying themselves as children should. Nothing to do with language, just because he speaks English and this one doesn't. Nothing. Right. They broke all of those things. So this yeah. this behavioral it has to happen at a large scale. I mean, one of the concerns I have at Toy Bank always is that if we don't do it at scale, we will never be able to build that, bring about that change, that dent that the society needs. You know, whenever I have these forums, when I talk to board game manufacturers, I'm like, you know, you and I, you may be doing it for your money. I'm doing mm. it for changing mindsets, right? So people yeah. are able to come to your stores or buy. We are agnostic. We don't believe in any particular board game manufacturer. Agnostic to manufacturers, obviously, we are more interested in. what is the content our children are seeing and what uh, kind of development uh, uh, gaps is it going to fill for our kids that's all we really focused on and that's the qualitative aspect of board games we yeah. we really look into and it's been fascinating where many of times it's like so they didn't think through any about all of these things sometimes the question yeah, yeah. we think is oh i didn't even know why have been why have i been asking ladka hai ki ladki oh why have we been so focused on stupid things like this uh when you know we should be focused on what is the kind of content and matter i'm putting up in my racks for our children to learn i should talk to parents when they come to buy games that uh, what is the age group maybe is he going to school what is the kind of uh, does he have tantrum problems is he having is he a very diffident child is he struggling with uh, making new friends you know i'm saying that the kind of questions we start asking and therefore curating what the child should actually be playing with will will break a lot of barriers um yeah. the board game manufacturers the business as a whole will cater to a very fundamental 
human level need you're actually it's a win win for all it's a win win for all and what better space to be in in than this because you're actually changing mindsets from early childhood levels through play through your board games through what our children are going to be playing with and um, isn't that fascinating i get very taken by it's so simple and so powerful absolutely i think it's absolutely uh, fundamental and there's such bright future in this aspect like india being the huge country the amount of reach outreach that we all need to have as a collective while i totally agree to shweta's point of scaling up is so important or bringing about that awareness in all different aspects is so important we have touched upon the business part of it where people who are manufacturing this what quality and what kind they should manufacture and if there's demand for the same where you put the right thing on the shelf and you also create awareness amongst the people who are going to be buying it and the people mm. who are going to be using it at the end all mm. of this chain if you start looking at it as a systemic design thing india has a bright future especially in the gaming industry the reason why india or the cultural indian subcontinent context is not there on games is because there's not been much that has been done being part of the game lab group we all know like how much we have started discussing indian content to be represented right why yeah. should somebody from outside who does not understand the indian cultural concept uh be like banking on our uh, this thing and it's not about ours and thems it's about right representation as well so yeah. while the bed is hot academic is getting into the picture one is trying to like help students unlearn about just triple a there's nothing wrong in making triple a of course that's uh, very legit uh the whole idea of bridging the gap between analog and digital yeah. boxed games and something that you can play with a simple piece of chalk do you need these resources or can you create your own games i'm a maker mm. myself mm. the time when i started my journey in 2009 i did not have a single game and i had no regrets about it all i had was curiosity which you suggest very well mentioned a curious mind is what i had and i began with a piece of chalk and collecting pebbles black mm. and white pebbles i started with traditional games learning about traditional games because i was like oh no i don't know how to play kirtan oh what game is this ashtachamma pachisi this that so they were like yeah we used to play as kid so why did you not tell me uh, yeah. they have no answer to that and then i was like okay never too late to learn let's just pick it up now so every time when i also used to travel for volunteering i never used to carry a lot of like fancy games or like games to like leave behind kind of a thing we used to make games go mm -hmm. for these evening nature walks pick up pebbles paint them upcycle bottle caps uh, do something give children also a vent for their artive uh, for their artistic practice and creative practice taking the ownership and when children create with their hands children or adults alike whenever people yeah. create with their hands the kind of engagement and the ownership that you take for yeah. that particular thing the amount that you want to share show and tell is again something that i hold very important scaling up on one hand versus me wanting to do something really small with a tiny group of people with something really local are the two yeah. aspects again bringing about the behavioral change that we are trying to see in the society at a larger scale and also at like a very local level for that matter so i think both these areas are also important and equally uh, valid and we need a lot more hundreds of us thousands of us to penetrate and like bring about that change in the next 5 years or 10 years perhaps i think we've already seeded that 
uh, long ago and uh, the result of which we are seeping now we are like reaping now sorry yeah. so i think that is where we are as a shraddha, community shraddha and shweta yeah. because both of you are or have been entrepreneurs in this whole play industry what message do you have to people or youngsters who are watching this talk as to if they want to get into this uh, kind of business either for profit not for profit what messages do you have and and let's keep this global because i'm sure there are yeah. a lot of people not just in india but you know everywhere so uh, everywhere. we can speak from the indian context and the global context we'd like both you want to go for it shada <laughs> sure i can go for it uh, my message would be to engage with people around you to begin with especially start with your own families uh, try to have days where you do not touch your devices try to have lesser screen time devote that to us that you do not use your social media for something that you actually do physically whether playing or making or just spending time with your parents grandparents friends and neighbors talking to them that is the first and a very important message that i would like to give engage with real people around you is that one thing that i would say i would say two things uh, one is um, whatever you decide to do do it for the right reasons i think it's extremely important to understand why am i doing what i'm doing and yeah. all through your journey you have to ask this question it's not just yeah. i will ask i will think about this at the start i've got the answer now i'll do actually it changes every day so it's extremely important to stay in context and stay focused be mindful through the whole process uh and don't do because somebody great has said something to you uh yeah. it's you know you are great you are who you are have some trust yeah. and faith in yourself and definitely i i keep saying this every time everywhere i go is be honest to yourself it's not just about being honest it's about being honest to yourself if you're not yeah. understanding this and read about it and figure this out because this is a massive life lesson if you aren't honest to yourself you will be honest to nothing else so yeah. the, it ties in very well with this fundamental question therefore you'll have an honest answer to why am i doing what i'm doing so the reasons will come together um and the second very uh, easy and a simple thing is you know there are a lot of great ideas out there it's favorite why underestimate yourself if there is you know you're convinced about something you want to do it make that idea great it's possible yeah. doable you have to be consistent uh not be fickle minded that every day i'll change this you have to be damn tight with following through i mean one of the yeah. things i have in my software in my house and in work is follow through because uh, that's half the times a lot of things fall fall out uh, if you committed to something follow through uh, yeah. there are a lot of frustrating moments there and there be a time and probably you're the only one believing in what you're doing and everyone else is telling you otherwise still follow yeah. through um, yeah. because you have the reasons in place i think that's extremely important <laughs> okay i have really two questions just you know very short opinions that i want uh, one's an opinion the other one's something more um, you know we've been asking everyone this question first one is where do you stand with traditional play traditional games and you know tech coming in uh, what's your position on that um, shweta and shweta i should have put it this way um, play is play for me so uh, as long as there is uh, it's sort of i wouldn't i mean it's how do i put this it's not about ticking or as a checklist but mm. as long as uh, the whole purpose of the fundamental concept of play is met with uh, it is collaborative in nature it has to be engaging uh, uh, it makes you a better person um, mm. you know it, it helps you ask uh, 
the, the solid questions that sort of is very important for character building and it's doing this subtly it's not in your face or it's yeah. sticking yeah. all of these aspects in a nice subtle way in the background uh, it's also inspiring and motivating you to uh, uh, the individual to get up and do something with his or her life or whatever we play does that right so if it's tech how does it matter if it is uh, analog like a proper sit down board game a traditional way of doing things how does it matter i think as long as it sort of addresses some of the fundament that was the genesis of play that was that is the genesis of play and as long as that core is not broken uh, mm -hmm. the 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 methods i don't think should matter at all play should do yeah. that to you should be not the best in you as long as we've not gone crazy in catering to oh these are some statistics some mba person somewhere has come up with some consulting body has come up with some readings this is the right thing this is how we go it's all theories it's great it's important yes but if we completely turn around and switch to just attending to those and not really listening and understanding what humans truly need we've lost the plot over there yes. so as long as yeah. there is some proper balance in making sure the core doesn't change i'm sort of okay with whichever doesn't matter So, so uh, Shweta, what about you? Where do you stand with the uh, traditional play versus tech? Is it more on the lines of what Shweta said, or do you have something different? I'm on the intersection. I love them both. Uh, hmm. It also depends a lot on affordances that we guys have. I'm all for classic, but I'm very open now, more so because of being in academic space, of being open to what this other world is, because it has a lot more outreach, far better outreach as well, affordance yeah. as well. So when people yeah. are playing. a luma game on board versus buying an app for 37 rupees on steam you're opening yeah. up the world of better presenting such games on those platforms alongside indie games alongside triple a titles because yeah. this content also needs to be out there so yeah. i am for both very strongly so people who are too much into video games i break that and bring them and introduce them to the world of uh, the analog and the ones who have not tried digital i kind hmm. of uh, balance that time out with my starting with my niece ki okay we played othello let let me introduce you to potion explosion on steel or whatever so this whole yeah. idea of them clicking mouse buttons and knowing about technology and the fact that it also eases your setup time it's more faster you can do yeah. synchronous play with somebody sitting in gujarat i miss my friends so much after having moved to bangalore but the feeling yeah. of playing istanbul on the app with other friends in your circle I have been very thrilled about it. So this lockdown, I explored the side of the digital board games, and uh, I think soon I should be able to write something on that. Like, so I love yeah. both. I am for both. Classic is important, and tech is equally important. And and you mentioned the lockdown. So now let's address the elephant in the room. Um, this is 2020 has been a black swan year. So how 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 has COVID changed things, um, both for Toy Bank and for Studio Clockworks or Shrifty School? Like how how has that really affected what you guys do? It's been a very very interesting uh, six seven months. I have loved it. <laughs> I really uh, I don't know. I mean it's 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 a very horrible thing to say, but I know it's been really hard for a lot of other humans around us. Uh, yeah. We actually took this as. we jumped on this is an opportunity we just said that uh, what better time now than to push play right yeah. because all along it's been about one of those many things and extra one hour maybe play time karenge 
But now what will yes. people do? Forget about children, adults, everybody, old people, everyone can play. Yeah? We yeah. jumped on this like in front of the month of April only. We were like, we have worked like backbreaking. We have, it's been backbreaking hours of insane amount of work. Our team yeah. just got charged up. We suddenly became content developers of amazing play at home, uh, play to learn, play at home kits we started creating. Uh, mm-hmm. We have, uh, and we didn't, because our children may or may not have, first of all, I know that most of our kids, first of all, don't have phones, so they have to borrow their parents. And yeah. uh, even their parents, the phones of their parents are also very not smartphones, so they are very basic. So we just yeah. straight away looked at uh, WhatsApp and we started looking at content created, which was very simple to use paper and pencil and uh, solve out for, or you know, use material in their house, maybe like uh, rice grain, simple, simple things that they don't have material, material stuff. Also, what an immediate thing we did is we had so many play, our play tool on centers were well stocked. So thankfully, before COVID hit, uh, our uh, replenishments of our uh, uh, games uh, was already done in all our uh, centers. It was year end. So fatafat, all the centers were already well stocked. So the immediate yeah. thing our facilitators, our teachers locally did is took the games to all the homes of the kids. Now, the challenge was we had 30, 40, 50 children at a time at our play center. Right, mm-hmm. so it was easy to cater to them at a go. Now we are talking yeah. about 30, 50 homes extra, yeah. like and to have a multiplied, multiplied that. So it suddenly became like, oh crap, how are we going to cater to everyone in the houses? So the yeah. volume of work suddenly just shot up. We are in about 450 support WhatsApp groups as we wow. speak, and the numbers just increase by the day. Uh, we've oh, catered, yeah. we are working alongside seven and a half thousand teachers and parents who are a part of these WhatsApp groups. So the mm-hmm. WhatsApp group has become our play center and yeah. our uh, activities get published over there. Our uh, program officers are talking 35, 40 calls a day and doing like this desk research, what we used to do in field visits. They were, they mm-hmm. were actually deployed in uh, specific geographies and every day they would cover six, seven centers and conduct these sessions at our at physical pay to learn. That's entirely come on the phone now. So it's a video WhatsApp call or it's a phone call, but 35, 40 per person through the week, through the weeks and months. This has been happening and we've been catering to the immediate on ground needs of these kids. What's happening? What's happening? The kind of questions we have a survey, we've got data, crazy data. So we keep curating the play at home sheets to address. Um, the second thing we did is in the second phase in the last two months is we've changed the content to also cater to the learning outcomes because one of the needs we started realizing is they're not able to attend these Zoom calls, these kids. It's mm-hmm. impossible yeah. for them to attend their classes. So one of the needs is that how can we uh, uh, align it to some of the school curriculum in the mm-hmm. playway method, in mm-hmm. the approach that Toy Bank believes in, but maybe not so much so focus on being generic but being very focused on school curriculum learning outcomes. So that mm-hmm. when normalcy does set in, the learning gaps yeah. aren't much. You know, like yeah. for example, we brought our kids to say a le- le- learning level of say seven out of 10. Yeah. We wanted to maintain the level of seven, not for them to come down from seven to a two or a one. And that yeah. is what we are focusing on, regardless of how and what mm. we have, we've hired people, we've gone crazy, but it's happening like, like now, the, over the months, the rhythm has set. And it's like a well-oiled machine. Every day, 10.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., 
these uh, activities are published calls are being mm-hmm. made documented they using uh, g suite like crazy so everything gets uploaded there we've, we've had we've upskilled our partners are upskilled our team to use this level of tech in order to cater to uh, uh, using this better and faster and be more efficient so it's been hmm. quite an exciting 6 7 months and the agenda of pushing play forward couldn't have had a better uh, time yeah like it's really like uh, really really pushed that agenda like nobody's business that's what yeah. the last that's 7 awesome. months have been that's so <laughs> energizing to hear i have been yeah. on the opposite spectrum uh being one woman army and doing my own stuff i just missed people so much my play group so much tuesday game nights friday game nights at srishti introducing in a physical space i had really missed it and uh, yeah. without having like a very wide circle uh, in bangalore especially in yadahanka i think i struggled through the starting couple of months and uh, later after like a couple of months i think i gained my energy a bit back to be in that mental state ki shraddha this is it it's okay like uh, let's start exploring something online so i had my uh, very close friends with whom we would have calls every day so just yeah. taking care of myself became like the very important thing initially taking care of your parents sitting here and slowly i started thinking about writing and blogging a bit more or just drafting those things that have been pending for so long so it also gave me that pause to reflect upon what will happen if uh, things don't get back to normal what if you're not able to go back to your tuesday game nights or friday game nights and that is yeah. when i became more open to exploring the digital board game aspect of it because during mm-hmm. this time a lot of people knowing studio clockwork or uh, coming from the amdabad community they would reach out to shraddha hey what do you think i can play as a two player game what should i order on amazon so whenever yeah, people yeah, would yeah. get in touch with you for advice i think i really enjoyed spending that moment with those people giving them like uh, suggesting them games and just being same around this time where i started getting back so i would say i have recovered and listening to shweta i think there's so much that can be done if you're in that right space with that right energy and i'm trying yeah. to gain that back so i hope uh, I- this time is for all of us to learn further and up and onwards from here kind of a thing i think uh, one of the driving factors for me personally is um, i really mean this sounds crazy but i want to solve out for this well within my lifetime i don't want to leave oh. this for i leave a legacy and somebody that's bullshit yeah exactly right that is so abhi it's now it's just now is the time like i'm so charged i can't tell you so on other days i'm like this but the minute is like play and everything does work like i'm so charged it's the one thing i really live for and it becomes yeah. like a really purposeful thing because if we if you want to if you want to really bring about change we have to start and stop well within our lifetime yeah. we have to solve out for that within our self there'll be new problems yeah there'll be new problems but let there yeah. be new problems na huh? we're only talking yeah. about the old old stuff over and over and again how many generations let's end it once and for all so i think play yeah. has a power so we just like we started a second program in fact this particular uh, play at home play to learn approach has is going mm-hmm. to be regardless of covid so if you see all our social media posts also our hashtag is covid or no covid play must go on and that's really yeah. what has been our approach doesn't matter it may be needed a pandemic for people yeah. to actually give us attention yeah. Yeah. no problem we are pushing we started this buddy program 
we've assigned our buddies our volunteers to because see, we have only 23 people in the team we are working with 60000 children now on a daily basis it's not yeah. possible only to do that like just like it's do the math so uh, we have this buddy for assigned buddies as volunteers who are conducting uh, play to learn sessions through the phone through video whatsapp through maybe small this and it's amazing how it's happening it's amazing yeah. because what shraddha just you just said i mean a lot of people have faced that they went down they felt out of sorts like what to do okay. suddenly like we started pulling them up and we started getting them hey we need more hands on deck hey we know few more people can you do this they went through let of course we had a psychometric test and we did a few things in the back end to map the right set of volunteers with the kids because our kids are like sacrosanct to us so we don't allow anyone to randomly go and talk to our kids or meet our kids They're very very particular about uh, their protection and stuff right so but after all that all of that a whole bunch of beautiful volunteers every day talk to our kids there's a fa- fabulous buddy program going on on the side i never thought we'd do all of these things pre covid mein to these things are not possible only pre covid yeah. mein we were in a whole jamela of different types of problems which completely yeah. ended and we're like chalo yeah. let's make the most of this now this might have its own set of problems later when they were, when when is a situation where there are no problems anyway but i like yeah. to have new problems i'm sick of the old ones yeah. yeah that's yeah. amazing i uh, i think we've got so much of great content and so much to digest um i think it's it's been a great conversation i think sajid's got his own inputs but i would like to say that it's been an absolute pleasure uh the amount of ideas um inputs uh, you know practical applications and uh, insights into what you guys do has been truly fascinating um there's a lot to assimilate uh, but i want to say one thing that i'm really really you know um encouraged by the passion that you guys bring into solving problems using the power of play to bring about social change right and i think india's this wonderful cusp where we've got all these ideas emanating out of various pockets but now we can actually reach out to that um you know entire populace and the fact that we can get our ideas out there and we can get them quickly uh like like i said why leave these problems for a generation later or two generations later let's solve it now these are good problems to have and it needs you know innovative solutions and i think uh, the ideas that you brought about today are really going to get started me to think a lot about you know how we create our games how we you know engage with kids how we engage with parents how we engage with families and uh, thank you so much for that and this has been an amazing experience for me uh and the way i look at it play is such a universal term right like you know no matter which part of the world you're from no matter what background you're from what uh, socio economic conditions you're from what age group you you are from it's such a uh, uh, bonding act, uh, activity right uh, and i want this to i want this message to spread all across the world and i'm sure it's happening slowly and steadily uh and it just helps everyone in the ecosystem you know whatever business you are into or uh, whatever audience you are uh and uh i think that is this concludes the talk uh this session will be live on uh from 22nd to 25th of october which is spiel digital and uh, we have many more sessions like these thanks a lot to shweta and shraddha for joining us uh, please feel free to reach out do check out toy bank as well as studio clockworks um, yeah that's it sajid and venkat from luma world shweta shraddha thanks a lot thank again thank you guys
Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It really means a lot. Yeah, Thank you. Keep pushing, please. <laughs>